0: I'm Rachel.
1: I'm Tristan.
0: And today's Monday, so that means it's another Marvel Monday. So, today on the Nitty Gritty Reviews podcast, we're going to be reviewing the fifth movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is, of course, the 2011 Captain America the First Avenger, which is directed by Joe Johnston and written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, and is starring Chris Evans as Captain America slash Steve Rogers. Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, and Tommy Lee Jones as Colonel Chester Phillips. Um, so this is, of course, going to be a nitty-gritty review of this movie, so that means we're going to be going through every category of my grid, talking about what works and what doesn't. Um, but before we delve into that, um, do you remember um, either the first time you saw this movie or how many times you had seen it before today?
1: I don't remember the first time I saw it. Well, maybe I do. Because I'm not sure if it's the first time I saw it or the second, I remember watching it with with him.
0: Yeah, we watched it with a group of friends. Um, I think we watched all of Phase One. I'm pretty sure. I know I saw it in theaters, but maybe I just saw it with with my parents, and I didn't take you to that one. But I'm pretty sure those are the only two times I've seen it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. know either. I don't remember. Did I've you seen it once or twice?
0: Did you remember much going into it about? Or just about anything about it,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I remembered most of it. Um, like how he was, uh, you know, the hero with the heart of gold, but a body of a seven year old, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that he did drugs and then he was cool. <laughs> I did not remember the part where he was selling war bonds, that was a pretty funny intermission.
0: And that was almost all I remembered. I'm like, oh, all the propaganda scenes. Yeah. That was, like, the main thing that I remembered. And then it's more, like, in hindsight, where it's like, oh, yeah, Bucky plays a big part in that. Yeah. But the last time I'd seen it, pretty sure Winter Soldier hadn't even come out. Like, I think we stopped it. I want to say Iron Man 3 maybe had come out, but we didn't watch that one as a group. For some reason, we stopped. I don't remember why, but we stopped it, I think, after Avengers... But I don't think there were that many other movies out. Um, right. Certainly not not Winter Soldier because I didn't even, like when I'm, I specifically remember going into Winter Soldier being like, everyone keeps talking about Bucky and how like they knew this would happen because of the comics. And I do not remember who this person is. <laughs> so I went in like knowing kind of the loose storyline because everyone kept talking about the comic book storyline. I'm like, I don't know. I, he was just completely and utterly forgettable to me. Yeah. Um, which most of this movie kind of was, and I'm not entirely sure why, um, I don't, but we'll, we'll delve into it, I guess, with The Grid. So yeah, I guess that's about it for the introduction section, unless there's anything else um, of a general note that you wanted to add before we delve into The Grid. Uh, no. Alright, so the first category of The Grid is going to be writing, plot, and genre. This is one of the things that I liked the most about this category was some of the things that it did with genre. Because um, most of the Marvel movies, particularly after Phase 1, but you get a little bit with Phase 1, too, uh, it's kind of like, well, it's a superhero movie, but really it's it's a movie within this genre that happens to have a superhero in it. So, like, right. uh, why do I keep forgetting the name of it? Um, Ant-Man?
2: Huh? Ant-Man?
0: Oh, that's a good, that's not the one I was going with. But yeah, like, Ant-Man is a heist movie that happens to have superheroes, and, um, a Winter Soldier is, like, an espionage thriller that happens to have superheroes. Like, a lot of the later phases of Marvel have that. Um, and with this one, it's one of the first times... I mean, Thor kind of goes that route, too. Um, you know, more fantasy. But, but fantasy always kind of has superheroes. So it's, it's a little right. less creative, I guess. Or a little less une- a little less unexpected. Um, So with this one, it's, I mean, it's a war movie that happens to have a superhero in it, which is what I mostly remembered going into it. But then watching it, I'm like, for the first half of the movie, it's not, like, yes, it takes place, like, of course, during World War II, and that's, like, that's the backdrop. Right. But it's much more like a a campy, like, 40s sci-fi movie mixed in with, like, 40s or 50s like spy trope movie like it's much more like it almost reminded me at times of like a combination of like Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog which very much so plays on like those same kind of tropes or like this is a little bit more of an obscure reference but for anybody who watched Star Trek Voyager uh, Paris has like a holodeck program that he goes to a lot that's like a black and white 50s sci-fi like that's kind of what it reminded me of like much more so like campy 50s sci-fi in a good way though mostly so i liked because i just okay, didn't remember I like i didn't remember those aspects of genre going into it like i was just like oh yeah it's a war movie which i'm not a big fan of war movies so i don't know so i, I just I, I liked a lot of the things it did within genre there were a few tropes that were eye roll worthy um that are more like action movie kind of tropes as opposed to um it's not even really superhero tropes anymore it's really more like Liam Neeson action movie tropes where it's like, you know, at one point he's driving his motorcycle. Granted it is, you know, pimped out with all kinds of weapons and stuff, but he's driving this motorcycle, it jumps off the motorcycle, it hits a wall, and explodes for no reason. It's
2: like yeah.
0: I mean, I guess it's maybe believable that maybe there was a self destruct button or maybe it was I think just that was designed. Part of their plan.
2: Yeah. I guess.
0: But still it was just a little silly. I would have preferred he at least see him pull the grenade thing or something, some sort of I don't know. It just seemed a little yeah. silly. Cats. That was the laziest cat fight I've ever seen. And then another um, kind of eye roll worthy action trope is when um, Bucky gets across the the thing, and then the bridge falls sure. down, which is pretty tropey in and of itself. But I'm willing yeah, to go with scene. it. Yeah, and then it's like the big like, okay, I'm gonna really test my strength and jump across, and like that's also like pretty tropey. But then when you see him run, like, he should have fallen halfway down that hole. There was no way he could have made that jump. Right, he
1: runs, like, ten feet, and then he jumps and lands on a platform that's the same height that he started at.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah. So, that, like, there were a few other little things like that, too. But they were just more, like, action movie tropes that were just kind of, like... It did a lot of really good things with the genre and then kind of knocked down a little bit with some of the trophy things.
1: Yeah, it's super serum. You don't have to really bother too much with the laws of physics. <laughs>
0: yeah. I have other things to say within this category too, but I don't want to just keep going on and on and on. <laughs> um, so is there anything that you uh, either really disliked or really liked within this category?
1: Uh, the pace was, for me, below expectations. This movie is, what, two hours? Just over, yeah. And it feels longer than that for yeah, me. Yeah.
0: I would agree and, with that.
1: And I know it, it actually does do a lot of stuff. Like they spend like 30 minutes of him being the scrawny guy and then they focus on his relationship with uh, the love interest and then his relationship with his friend and his relationship with the the doctor who steroids him up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and they're focusing on all these different things and like a lot actually does happen. He symbols his little posse of uh, misfits from around the world
2: yeah. to go and fight
1: some Nazis and like a lot does happen but it just feels really long yeah and I don't know if there was a way that they could make it not feel as long while still having all that or maybe that's just too much I don't really know but it lost a few points for me for being so very long
0: yeah I didn't. I wasn't too hard on the pace, but I did. I gave it four point five out of ten, um, which is on the lower side of meeting expectations. Um, my biggest issue. I didn't think it was that slow consistently, but the first like ten minutes, I was so bored, and that is not a good way to start a movie. It had a really slow build.
1: Um, oh, where they were in modern times. Yeah, the Antarctic modern day or in Canada or whatever.
0: Yeah, that modern day scene it's like okay we know what they're gonna like we know what movie this is we know what they're gonna find just find (laughs) it and it just that that just went on for a little bit too long and then even when it jumps back and we see the introduction of red skull like that that is his name right why did that sound wrong coming out of my mouth i guess just because they never call him that in the movie yeah i don't even remember schmidt was that his name i think so but yeah the villain like that introduction scene just fall. I think partly because it was pretty cliche, like, villain comes in, is intimidating, steals something valuable, MacGuffin.
2: Um, yeah,
1: the, this whole movie, to me, seemed really cliche. That's yeah. why even the parts that I kind of didn't really remember, like, I kind of just made that up, and yeah.
0: Yeah. I would have been right. It is. I, I would have been um, much harsher in the genre cliches, tropes, and twists category, because I do agree that it does... Um, it's just very cliche. I think in some ways it kind of works because it is going after this like old fashioned, yeah. skippy kind of feel. And so it's kind of like, well, yeah, like it, it feels like a very simplified comic book story because he's a pretty simplified character, um, which we'll get much more into in the next category because I have some pretty strong feelings. Um, but it kind of worked. But then the movie was so long. It was like it was just a simple thing. Yeah. You think they could make at least like an hour 45, you know, get it a little an hour and a half is pretty short, but I mean, this was like 2 hours and 10 minutes, I think, or maybe it wasn't quite that long, a little over 10 minutes or 10 a little over 2 hours, I mean. So, yeah, it was just I do agree it was definitely cliché and and predictable and um just not my favorite. But like the plot structure is is there, it's pretty sound. But it's just, it's just yeah. a little bun there done that.
1: One thing that I thought was unpredictable was uh, killing Bucky. It's not,
0: yeah, but did they though? Well, we don't I know mean, that yet. Yeah, yeah.
1: That doesn't happen very often.
0: It would have been better if it had stuck. I know that's not true to the comics and everybody for whatever reason loves Bucky. <laughs> Again, more into that in the next category. <laughs> um,
1: so what was your score?
0: Um, well, I, ha- so the plot and genre. I have a few other things to talk oh. about. Um, I did have some of the things within the plot structure. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't quite call it plot holes, because I don't think they're quite glaring enough to be considered holes. But just, like, a lot of little things kind of knocked the score down. Like, I guess they're not S.H.I.E.L.D. yet, but the government or whatever. Uh, like, SSR? But, yeah, they build this this superhero, and then they're like we only got one of you fuck that like go be a pr stunt we don't even care about you i'm like you still have one super soldier why would you not like at least try and train him to harness these powers like they don't they aren't even having him run drills they're not trying to see what he's capable of and i know he like made that decision of like well i'd rather be out here than be a lab brad and that was the whole thing of like well why do you think those are your only two options so i mean i get that was part of it but like why would they even give him the choice first of all and then like there's got to be an in-between something like that just seemed really odd to me and then and then the whole idea of like well they took the serum serum so we can't replicate what we did anyway and it's like i know the scientist is dead and all but like he didn't take notes he didn't talk about (laughs) what he was doing with anyone like there were just little things and i mean i know it's just what are you gonna do? Like, if you don't have those those conveniences, you're gonna have a hundred Steve Rogers running around and yeah who wants that? Like that's
1: He did kind of just do whatever he felt like doing, which I thought was really odd for someone who's like super army and super like into the military stuff. I'd think they would be really into following chain of command or whatever.
0: And then even even within that, like like Like, he knows when he disobeys orders, he, like, comes back and he's like, I'm ready to face disciplinary action. And he's like, nah, whatever, it's fine. Which I get that he did a really heroic thing. But, like, you can't just not follow orders and then be rewarded for it. There's gotta be something. And maybe not, though. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was different in the 40s.
0: I mean, he did save, like, what was it, 200 lives or something. So I guess you get a pass. I don't know. It just kind of sets a precedent of, like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. But we're still not yep. going to train you or teach you to harness your powers or try and replicate you. None of that. You're just free reign. Anyway, um, so I thought that was just kind of, again, not quite a plot hole, but but something that did knock the score down a little bit. And then also when you have the um, the Nazis, like, capture all these U.S. soldiers and then experiment on them. Why? I mean, I understand, like, oh, we have, gain I mean, that's... That happened a lot in World War II, like for you... that
1: and for labor.
0: But they were—I mean—they definitely experimented on Bucky,
1: right?
0: Like, to what purpose? To turn him into a super soldier that would inevitably turn against them. I don't know. Like, why would they not experiment on their own people, like the U.S. did? I don't—I don't, I don't yeah. know. It just seems—I don't know. I just have—I just have some questions. There were a lot of there.
1: really dark experiments that happened uh, with the Germans and well, the Japanese, yeah. so it could have been like. You know, how much how much pain can someone withstand?
0: Yeah, I mean... You know, what I, happens I, if we yeah. inject
1: him with sulfuric acid?
0: But they knew what the stuff did. They knew it was a superhero serum. Like,
1: uh, I don't know if that's what they were testing on him.
0: Well, I think we know after Winter Soldier that's what they were testing on him. How else would he survive that fall?
1: Well, we haven't seen that yet.
0: I did like some of the stuff going on with the... <laughs> Character outer goals, um, uh, like you have a couple of recurring lines, like there's a couple of points where yeah. Steve says, like, is this a test? Yeah. And it's just like there's this constant character theme that goes on with him where he's just like, like, he wants to prove himself and he sees everything right. as a test. And then he also says, again, twice, I can do this all day. Yep. So there's these recurring themes of like just persistence and his strong will, which which of course, I mean, that gets I'm dipping into character. But that's just, I mean, that's his, his outer goals is to, to prove himself and to, you know, to, to be a fighter and to, you know, be strong for his country. Um, And that's something that sticks with him throughout all of the Marvel movies that he's in. Um, So I love that that was um, well done and well handled. Um, Possibly a little heavy handed at times, but I think this is the kind of movie that... You can get away with it a little bit. Um, I
1: mean, you're fighting Nazis. It's it's very straightforward. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. no subtlety. It's pure good, pure evil.
0: Yeah, it's
1: that kind of movie. All
0: right, and then I just have one more thing of note within this category, and then we can give our final scores. Unless there's anything you have to add, um, but I do think we just we have to touch on the um, world building. Um, oh yeah, not uh, so much exposition, but I'm
1: sorry. glad you reminded me of that. Yeah.
0: yeah, there was there was just so much of it, and it. it it went both ways. Like, we get the, the introduction of the Tesseract, which, of course, plays a, a huge role in the very next movie. Yeah. Not to mention, it comes back again after that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it comes back several times. So, yeah, like, it, it introduces, even though it is a MacGuffin, even more so in this movie than in other movies, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, it, it introduces a very pivotal part of the MCU, in the fifth movie like and it's still playing a role in the 19th movie like that's pretty cool and then you also have kind of the the birth of shield um which right. i thought was really interesting and and having having stark in there was really neat
1: there's uh tie-ins to previous movies with stark and uh odin and ydrasil and uh the stark expo yeah had like the globe and used the same set that was really cool yeah and uh He also used Vita Rays, (laughs) which I'm guessing might be Gamma Rays, because I thought I saw something in The Incredible Hulk that was using technology from the 40s for something. Okay. I may have totally made that up. It may have been a a crazy dream of mine. I don't know, (laughs) but I I thought that there's some connection.
0: I'll go with it, because it did seem like... uh, Well, yeah, because... That, that must make sense because don't they mention in the incredible hulk something about like oh the military gave up on the creating super soldiers for a reason so like it is yeah. like a, a version of what turns steve rogers into captain america is what turns him into the yeah. hulk so yeah i bet you're right good call because i was thinking about that i was like there's tie-ins to every single other movie except the incredible hulk but you found it
1: <laughs> and this movie is called the first avenger so... Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: that's a pretty good setup.
0: Yeah. All right. So my total for plot and genre came out to a 6.8, um, which exceeds expectations uh, pretty much only because of the things it did within genre that I really liked.
1: All right. I got a 6.6. 6.
0: Really? That's higher than I would have thought.
1: That's true of all of these categories pretty much for me. Huh.
0: Actually, I gave a lot of things really high scores within that category. Character outer goals genre and world building all got pretty high scores. So I take it back my earlier statement. Um, anyway, so the next category is going to be writing characters. Um, and this one, I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. And I know this isn't an, unpop- an unpopular statement. But I just don't like Steve Rogers very much. I think he is an extremely boring character. And and I don't find him very interesting. I think I think he is at his most interesting in this movie because we see his origin, we see where he comes from. Like, I, I like right. the Steve Rogers before he gets superpowers, and then when he gets superpowers, it's just like... I mean, they say it at one point in the movie, was like, oh, everything good about you gets better, and everything bad gets worse. And I feel like that's true with just his blandness. Like, his <laughs> blandness gets more bland after he gets the serum. Um, so... So I'll just get that out in the open that I just this this category is pretty mediocre because of that. And and even things like like character inner needs, it's like he obviously like he has this need like Bucky even tells him like like oh you have something to prove. But they never really tell us what that something. Is. I mean he just needs to prove that he can do it or that he's willing to sacrifice himself. I mean that seems to be yeah. that, like he knows before he gets the serum like he knows if he goes into battle he'll most likely die because how could he not he's got all these health problems and he's a scrawny little kid and he's a little kid but you know what i mean
1: well yeah i think that was he just feels like he's destined for more there was a scene where uh, they were talking about you know his two options of being a lab rat or selling war bonds and she asked him something like don't you feel like you're meant for more than that and yeah. Kind of looks off into the distance for a bit. But I, I think that's what it what it was that he didn't have the body for it, but he had the, the drive to be something. Yeah.
0: More. Okay.
1: But I, I do agree that I find these kinds of characters who are very like so good and so perfect and they have no faults, they have no nothing interesting. I I just think that's kind of boring. I agree. Yeah. And there's no character arc, really.
0: No, that's something I was going to note like, as well. He he the starts of the off, ends,
1: yeah, yeah. He
0: it is the exact opposite of Thor. He he is flatlining the whole yep. movie. He starts off one thing, ends off one thing, and, which is which is kind of interesting because it's like, oh, it shows he was a hero all along, right? Which I it like. Could be interesting. Exactly <laughs> that like. It just, it's just so boring. Like, it almost would be more interesting. Here's what they should have done. I'm gonna, <laughs> let me tell ya. I just thought right. of this.
2: All right, I'm ready. They
0: should have had him start off really good, get the powers, have it get to his head, and have him become an ass for a little bit, and then realize he's being an ass and come around. Be like an inverse arc or something. That's that not could a be thing. That would have been a more interesting movie. Kind of clear. I mean, it's been done before. I'm not like, coming up with some really new idea or anything, and I'm not trying to say I am, right. but, like, that could be a really interesting way of going about it. Because, yeah, you just stay... Like, it's interesting to be like, oh... Just like with Thor, it's not the powers that make you a superhero. It's it's your character. Right. But with Thor, he had to, like, realize that. I had to
1: learn it the hard way.
0: Exactly. And, and with Steve Rogers, he just... He needed to get the body to be able to fulfill what he wanted to do, and, and that was...
1: Do drugs and punch people.
0: I mean, that's really, like, what happens.
1: Yep.
0: Um, so, yeah, his character arc is just completely flat.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. The dialogue, I didn't notice as many, like, memorable lines or as many quick comebacks or anything like that. Yeah. I felt a little little
0: bland (laughs) i yeah like everything about captain america we're really opposite from most marvel fans i think
2: yeah
0: although i did look it up and and i don't know captain america the first captain america is kind of in the middle ish it seems like people don't have that strong feelings one way or another but as far as the character of captain america People love this character, and I just don't get it. I, I just, I just
1: don't. I mean, I think it's because he has no doubt at all. And yeah, he's, I mean, he's confidence. Pure knows. confidence. Yeah. He's, he's always right. Never messes up. That's. I think that. I think. I agree that we are in a minority. Yeah. That we find that boring. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I did think one thing within the dialogue that stood out to me, and this is more of a. Um, I'll admit this is just a pet peeve that I have with with any movie, and I'll pretty much always dock points for it because um I, I just really dislike it. There there were several scenes in this movie where you have German characters
2: oh, for sure. ju-
0: with just together, no one else in the room speaking English with German accents, and I'm like, come on guys, like and, and I think the thing to me that like that bothers me so much about that is the the idea that, like, oh, audiences don't want to read. And it's like, first of all, these movies make more money overseas and it's gonna have subtitles anyway. And then, like, with an American yeah. audience, we really can't handle, like, five to ten minutes of subtitles. I don't know. And I'm sure there's, like, for for as, as irritated as I get with the lack of subtitles, I'm sure there's an equal number of people if not more, like an equal percentage that yeah. get annoyed when it's like, come on, just, I don't want to read my movies. Like, I'm sure.
1: So then how would you do that? Would you have those actors, like, learn to speak those lines with...
0: Yeah, I just German? do that all the time.
1: In German with no English accent?
0: I wouldn't mind if they had an English accent, honestly. Which, I, which I know is know still... People who know German would oh, yeah. really,
1: really yeah. not like that, I think.
0: But that's got to be, I mean, there's still American actors speaking with German accents. Is that better?
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't know. It just, it bothers me. And if you can have a vocal coach teach you how to do the German accent in English, surely you can have a vocal coach. You just have to learn it.
1: Phonetically. Phonetically.
0: I was just going to say that.
1: I know you are. I can read your mind. I know when you're thinking about ABBA.
0: I'm always thinking about ABBA. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so that knocked the score for dialogue down a little bit. And it it wasn't a great... I was going to give it just a five because it just was straight down the line. Meh. Yeah. Um. But then I remembered that um, and was annoyed with it. So
1: was so there anything else about characters that stood out? Uh, anything good or bad?
0: I did like... There was a line in there... Um, I forget his name, the, uh, uh, Stanley Tucci character, the, the doctor, um, who like found him and, and picked him, um, that was Stanley Tucci, right? I don't know who that is. I guess I kind of don't either if I can't recognize him, (laughs) but, um, but anyway, he tells Steve Rogers, um, you must stay who you are, not a good soldier, but a good man. Right. Which I really liked, and I think that. That within this movie, that's really true, because because like you said, like he does like break orders and do his own thing, which seems counterintuitive, because he's like this military guy, but like he's just a good man trying to do what's right, and that comes first, right. which I really liked. Um, I just wish they had stuck with it more in later movies, because once he gets into present day, he's pretty much just like, okay, I'm the soldier in the group, I'm the good soldier,
1: yeah, that's what that's I am.
0: True um which isn't really that that's neither here nor there for this movie i just thought it was something of note that um i thought it was handled pretty well in this movie i just wish it had kept going a little bit more not that he's not a good man in the later movies either but he's still very i mean even in like civil war where he's goes against the government i mean he's just a soldier in a different fight you know he's still playing that role of I don't know so that was something that i thought was was interesting and i also thought like for th- literally like the entire first half of this movie it's like i kind of forgot about agent carter like i always talk about jane foster and how she's one of my favorite love interests because like she has so much agency and she's so like, she yeah. operates independently of the plot and or independent of, of thor i mean and like there's, there's a lot going on there which i really like and then watching this movie, I'm like, maybe Agent Carter is my favorite of the love interest. Like, she kicks ass and she does her own thing. And, like, she's not really, like, yeah, she kind of, like, maybe falls in love with him. Or maybe it's just a crush or whatever. Like, there's some sort of relationship there right. that's not really solidified ever. And, you know, like, it's it's fine. Like, it's not like this star-crossed lover. It's not like she's going to die alone because she couldn't be with him. Like, they're, like, yeah. I don't know. She's a really interesting character. That said, there's a very clear point, right at the midpoint, there's that awkward scene that's like, the woman is trying to seduce Steve, and it's like this really, like, you almost think she's gonna pull a gun on him and try and assassinate him or something, like, there's so much tension, and it's just such a weirdly shot scene and, and then, of course, it's just like, oh, now she's, like, a foil, and, and now Peggy's gonna be all pissy, and, like, it just turns into this, like, she was so independent in the first half of the movie, and then it just flips to, like, her whole role is just reacting to him and what he does, and it was a little disappointing. Um, but I still really like her as a character, and it does make me, I never actually watched the, the TV show Agent Carter and actually kind of forgot it existed until we started doing this podcast. I can oh, tell you did, too.
1: I didn't know of- that existed
0: yeah i think it only lasted two seasons maybe three um but it was on like i want to say well it started after agents of shield um so somewhere in the phase two era they did yeah it was just a show of of her and like the start of shield um got everybody who watched it really loved it but i guess just not enough people watched it because they obviously canceled it Um, but now I'm kind of excited once, once we get to that, I don't know if you're going to be doing the TV shows with me and we haven't really gotten that far yet, but I'm, (laughs) but I'm excited to get to that show because she is a really interesting character. Um, but it was disappointing to just see that, that switch halfway through the movie where it was like, she was so independent and then suddenly like her only role was to react to Steve.
1: No, she still did her job.
0: Did she? What did she do in the second half of the movie? She acted very irrationally by grabbing a gun to test his shield and, and nobody seemed to care.
1: Yeah, she did that several times throughout the movie though. Just yeah. shooting guns in public places at things that are far away. and.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But like she just started acting irrationally and then I feel like the only reason she's even in the final fight scene is so they can have that super awkward final act kiss. Which yeah, I know is was like, kinda... I know it's an obligatory so, thing. Yeah. But, like, find a better place for it. Like, I don't know. But, like, I mean, like, yeah. you seem to disagree with me. Like, what did she do in the last act, of, like, in the last half of the movie? Like, after that scene where Steve Rogers kisses another woman, like, what did she do?
1: Uh... I can't think of anything off the top of my head.
0: I know, because she was just reacting to him. I mean, she was technically doing her job. Like, she was seemed to still be doing something. We just don't really see it. We only see her reacting to him whereas in the whole first half of the movie like she takes charge even after he gets the the his powers like she is is a leader she's in the military she's a woman in power and she does her own thing and and then just all of a sudden there's this switch where she becomes the jealous woman and i don't know it just bothered me a bit because um, i was really liking her in the first half of the movie and i still like her it was just yeah, it was just a little disappointing the way that was handled all right, so I think that is all I have to say about the writing character section. Is there um, anything you'd like to add?
1: Uh, I don't think so. All right. Nothing really stood out other than how bland the characters are, or mostly Steve Rogers, and how there's no real character arcs. There are a few good things, but I think those fall more into acting and casting. Agreed. Yeah. All
0: right, so my total score for the character section came out to a 5.2, which is pretty pretty damn dead on for just meeting expectations yeah. it was it was pretty pretty bland
1: yeah i gave it a 4.2 all
0: right so that's going to bring us to the next category which is going to be the acting and casting category Uh it sounded like you had some some stuff you wanted to say about it do you want to lead the way on this one
1: yeah i thought the the casting was just perfect for so many of these roles um but I'm going to butcher it because I'm not good at remembering people's names, so I don't remember <laughs> who most of these actors are. Uh, I think the guy who plays Steve Rogers is a pretty good Steve Rogers. He's an all-American, Nazi-punching dude. And uh, the guy who played the colonel?
0: Do you really not know Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy
1: Lee Jones, yeah. <laughs> Now I know it. Tommy Lee Jones. That guy was perfect for that role. I agree. I uh, agree. The way he said everything, the way he, like, just his presence, just perfect for that role. Uh, I think all the best lines came from him.
0: He did have a lot of good ones. Almost
1: every joke was something he said or did. It was, that was one of the highlights of the movie. (laughs) Which is weird because he's like a very kind of minor character when it comes to interacting with Steve Rogers.
0: Yeah, they didn't interact much.
1: He just kind of looked down at Steve Rogers like he's like a joke or a yeah. science fair project. Like the volcano with the vinegar <laughs> and the baking soda. Yeah. Like, oh, that's neat. Cool. Good for you. Here's your ribbon. <laughs> the guy who played Red Skull, that was really good. That was a really yeah. good choice. It was like kind of creepy, kind of power hungry, a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. That was a good one. And then his uh, scientist henchman. I know that's a famous actor.
0: I know I feel bad. I put in my notes that he's, like, a, a Philip Seymour Hoffman wannabe. But I know... I, and I was like, he's, like, really famous.
1: That's a good description, though. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, get it. I kind of... Like, I thought he did a really great job. Like, he's a really good actor. But something about, like, the way... I think it was... I don't know. Maybe it was more so the writing. But something about that character...
1: The scientist?
0: Yeah. It just seemed so over the top of, like... Like, oh, he's going to be the weird, creepy, like, yeah. Igor henchman. Sure. And, I don't know, that kind of bothered me. It just, I'm it just, just going in with that, like, cliche... I agree. ...feel. Which, I, think, I mean, I think they were very much so going for that feel, because, I mean, like I was right. saying, like, it's taking from these, like, 50s cliche, like, genre conventions and tropes and stuff. So, I mean, I think that was very much so intentional, but it didn't make me like it more. But the yeah. actor did a great job.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that was intentional, because... You know, like I pointed out earlier, it's a movie about punching Nazis, so yeah, there, there ain't no room for subtlety. <laughs> yeah. There's no interest in subtlety. Everything yeah. is over the top. Everything is, like, like even the tanks were over the top. They were, like, small buildings. They were huge. Yeah. There's a scene where Steve Rogers blows, well, Captain America blows one of them up and then jumps off, and he's, like, jumping in slow motion for, like, ten seconds. Yeah. And it's like he's jumping off a four-story building or something, but it's a tank. So everything is over the top. Everything is kind of cartoonish or I guess comic bookish. Yeah. That kind of stylized version of reality. Even the uh, the main woman don't know her name more than the actors. Name.
2: Agent Carter. Agent Carter, yeah.
1: <laughs> Even she is like perfect lipstick and perfect hair the whole time. Oh, yeah. and...
0: Believe you me, we'll get more into that in aesthetics. Yeah. I've got some notes. Right. <laughs> sure you do <laughs> i did love that they that they have tommy lee jones in there because it does even though it does borrow pretty heavily from like 50s sci-fi and spy movies like it's still a war movie at its heart and then right. to have tommy lee jones it was been in all you know a lot of you know either war or you know law enforcement like usually plays that he's an iconic actor and typically plays you know authority figures like that so to get somebody like that, I mean, it's just like having Anthony Hopkins in, in Thor, like it's a very similar kind of casting. Um, so I just thought that was very effective. Um, that said, I didn't think it was his strongest performance ever. I did love his lines and I don't know, there was just something about him. I was kind of like, he's not quite at his best. I'm not even I've not even like I haven't even seen that many of his movies and maybe it's just because I love no Country for Old men so much and he's amazing in that uh-huh. but that's a very different type of movie so yeah. you know of course it's gonna be a different type of performance so it could be that I'm comparing it there um, but but that said I did love that he was there and and yeah. it definitely elevated the movie to something a more a more serious genre standpoint or something I don't know so I did really like that casting there I did think I didn't really know where to put this so I did kind of dock um I docked face acting for <laughs> this because I figure face acting kind of encompasses just any of the more physical aspects of of acting so I should probably rename that to, to physical acting or something I, I know what you were gonna say <laughs> yeah because the way steve rogers runs before he gets the the super soldier serum like like he runs almost as weird as ezra miller as the flash in in justice league not quite because that's pretty bad but like he's got like that almost like phoebe buffet running in the park if anybody remembers that episode of friends like, he just does not know how to run. Like, it's not that he's bad at running. It's like, I'm pretty bad at running. I have no stamina. But I at least know what to do with my arms. Like, it's not yeah. that hard.
1: Like, he runs, like, elbows side to side instead yeah. of, like, hands forward and back.
0: But then magically with the serum, it doesn't just make him run faster. Suddenly he also knows what to do with his arms, which is almost worse than just the fact that he ran weird. Like... I don't know. His running <laughs> style I I took serious issue with.
1: He didn't have the coordination when he was the scrawny kid.
0: I guess that's pr- I mean that probably is what they were trying to get across but like.
1: Either that or the guy who played his body just didn't.
0: That's true I'm, yeah. I'm guessing
1: he didn't work out a lot so. Yeah.
0: That's true. Yeah it is easy to forget that that's I mean not when you look at it <laughs> but I wasn't even thinking that that was a different actor even though obviously it is. Um, which side note like That guy needs to write like an autobiography or someone needs to do a documentary about him. Like, is he an actor that's done other things? Is it just like some random thing he tells his friends? Like some party piece of trivia or like on the first day of school, you know, (laughs) let's let's go around in a circle and say something interesting about yourself. And he gets to say, I was, I was Chris Evans' body double in, in Captain America. And everyone's like, no, you weren't. And it's like, whoa, you were.
1: I would just say I was Captain America.
0: I mean, that's not wrong. Well, it is. He wasn't Captain America on that body.
1: I would still say it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so so that was something that I noticed. Um I did, I mean, I liked the casting overall. I didn't think it was it was perfect. Partly, I mean maybe it's just because I, I'm not very familiar with, with the character of Captain America. Like I, I definitely thought he did a really good job of portraying that kind of like Boy Scout you know g skippy 1942 guy um but at the same time i feel like a lot of other people probably could have played it too like i don't feel the same way about that character like like tony stark no one else can play that besides robert downey jr like and same thing like chris hemsworth as thor i can't picture anyone else in that role and I feel like, I mean, I can't name anyone off the top of my head. Where I'm like, oh, that would have been a good choice. But I feel like if someone showed me a list and were like, here's 10 actors that could have played him, I'd be like, yeah, that could have been good. Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't seem, I don't get that same feeling of like, oh, no one else could do this. Sure. Um, which I've all I mean, I have very little interest or investment <laughs> in the character, which is probably a big part of it, because I know people who really like this character and, and they very wholeheartedly believe that no one else could play him so i don't know i did i mean i really loved Haley atwell as as agent carter i mean she definitely like she just looks straight out of the 40s oh, w- yeah. which obviously hair and makeup and costumes <laughs> we will get into that with the aesthetics like obviously that plays a part in it but there's just something about like like i don't know how to explain it because it seems weird that like some people just look like they're from another era um i mean we talked about it. my sister and i reviewed 2001 a space odyssey recently and we talked about with some of the actors in that movie where we're like they just look modern like, i don't know why right. that's a thing but they just do and this is like the reverse of that where I'm like she just looks like she's from the 40s and it's not just the hair and makeup um so i thought the casting there was great too um not perfect great but but still outstanding so yeah that's really all um all that i have to say about the acting and casting category is there anything you would like to add
1: i don't think so
0: Alright, what was your total score for acting and casting?
1: 6.2.
0: Alright, mine was 6.6. Very close. I thought for sure yours was going to be higher than mine on that one. Alright, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be cinematography and lighting. And this is one I know you have quite a bit to say about it sounded like. Uh, So if you'd like to lead the way on this one.
1: Sure, I would like to. Uh, the lighting really stood out in this movie for me. It's totally different than the previous movies. It's reminded me a lot of the early Batman movies that were made by Joel Schumacher.
0: I 100% agree.
1: Right? If you Didn't think Tim, back to... did
0: Tim Burton do the first one and then it was did Joel Schumacher? He the first Schumacher. two? Yeah, and then the third one uh, Which is why
1: everything's like black and gray. Yeah. And then Joel Schumacher did the next few. Maybe with Tim Burton, I don't know. But those no, ones think, have, like, yeah. neon blue lights everywhere and, like, yeah. bright green and right. dark black. and
0: So that's what this one reminded you yes. of? Okay.
1: Just because there's, like, all the, the the Hydra stuff is, like, a very uh, cool palette. Yeah. Lots of blues, lots of, like, metallic grays, uh, bright blue lights, things like that. And New York is, like, New York and... Um, all of the American army stuff is neutrals and earth tones and very, very, very dusty, uh. yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess that's probably why it feels so old timey.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: But that that really stood out to me, and that's one thing that I remember most about this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do have I have that exact um note on here. I have to put that some of the early scenes feel like batman or an old gangster film um which i think the i think those older batman movies did go for like a almost like a I mean batman's always a little bit noir so it makes sense that batman movies have a little bit of like a 40s noir feel to it but i was thinking more of the tim burton style i think more, more of the grays and stuff yeah um but i totally get what you're saying about the color palettes and the the brighter colors um
1: and that the obvious uh juxtaposition between the two
0: yeah which almost reminded me um of more like sci-fi like i know in um in firefly that tv show they did a lot of things with like you know when we see the heroes it's very it's much more like Star Wars, where it's, like, everything's really... We talked yeah, about this, yeah. actually, in Thor, the difference between between the sets, but it was, like... Very um, lived in. Yeah, very lived in, very down. cluttered, very, you know, handheld cameras. And then when you see...
1: The government.
0: Yeah, white, Blue Sun. Jeez, it's been a long time since I've watched that show. But when you see, like, their ships and stuff, it's, like, um, you know, very sparse, very... Everything's, everything's on a... Um,
2: a tripod, a tripod yeah
0: or a dolly and, and everything's neutral colors yeah and it's very sorry it's like star They're trek sterile. versus star wars <laughs> yeah um and i've got that feeling a little bit with this as well and especially with the oh, yeah some of the sets like and some of the and i think a part of it I, I feel like you would know this better than me and i think you might have told me this at some point but in the the original star wars trilogy was the empire like their costumes was that based on world war ii uniforms like nazi uniforms I feel like I've heard that before. Uh,
1: well, stormtroopers were—that's an actual Nazi thing.
0: Well, but not those uniforms, though. No, Nazis did not wear
1: those (laughs) uniforms. (laughs)
0: Well, I know, but that's not even like loosely inspired by. But I'm talking about like the—I'm so
2: bad. Oh, the officers.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: that wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: Yeah, because that very much so. But like, red skull very much so reminded me of like a imperial leader, and the sets look like reminded me. That's the oh, note yeah. that I wrote down for, for aesthetics, which we'll get to eventually. But, like, I just felt like they were on a Death Star almost or, yeah. or some sort of Imperial ship, um, which I just thought was interesting, um, which I didn't really connect with the lighting, but that's interesting what you're saying of, like, the color palettes and and all of that just being just totally different. Like, you've got you want the bad guys, you've got the good guys. They're different. Right. Every every way possible, they are polar opposites,
2: yep.
0: um, which is definitely a theme. I mean, like, I going back to what... Stanley Tucci, whatever his name, his character's name was. Man, I hope that's the right actor. I know he's in this movie, and I'm pretty sure that's who he plays. But anyway, um, when when he's told, you know, everything that's good gets amplified, and everything bad gets gets amplified, it just sets this right. up this dichotomy of like he's the absolute worst, you're the absolute best, and everything from there on out is is polar opposites, um, which is kind of interesting, but um, not the most original, and it wasn't done in the most interesting. Way I mean, no is original, but... Right. I don't know. Star Wars did it better. <laughs> but, anyway. I did think pretty much the only thing... I have a lot more to say in, in camera work and editing about this, but um, as far as lighting goes, um, it definitely felt uh, like it was really stylized, like you were saying. Like, it's it's even more... Because Thor was pretty stylized, too, but but more so with the camera work than the lighting. Yeah. Um, whereas this one I feel like is, is really stylized as far as the lighting goes. And it, it looks like it definitely sets the mood. I think that's the, the primary focus with the lighting is to set the mood and it does that fairly well. And it also enhances the beauty fairly well. Um, but when it comes to realism, like I feel like they focused so much on trying to, to set the mood and look different that it lost a lot of realism, which it is, I mean, it's a superhero movie. It doesn't have to be realistic. But I feel like of all the MCU movies, this is probably the one that should have, like, a hyper-realistic feel. Because, like, that was one of the things about the first Iron Man that was so good, is you have, like, it's, he's a a real person in the real world, and these things just kind of happen, and then he ends up, you know, having to become a superhero because of it, and it feels, like, hyper-realistic, and that's what I really like about this movie And I feel like if you take that same hyper-realism and put it in a war movie, I mean, obviously you can't have hyper-realistic war violence in a PG-13 MCU movie, but just as far as like just the look and feel and like, you know, not even necessarily the fight scenes, but just when they're walking around, um, I feel like it could have benefited from more like, and I think it would have helped attach us to the character a little bit, or at least... I say us meaning, I guess, specifically us because other people seem to have no problem (laughs) liking the character. But I feel like if there was like more of a sense of like, like, okay, this may be 1942, but this was still our world, our timeline. He existed in it. This is what he did. This is his story. I feel like like more of a realism, more of a realistic approach to the lighting could have actually really benefited this movie and then save some of the more stylized um, cinematography for movies like Thor or, you know, in future movies, Guardians of the Galaxy. Those more yeah, more okay. movies that benefit from the fantastical. Whereas a war movie isn't really... I mean, it is fantastical. Yeah,
1: it's, a, it's a war but... movie, but I know I keep saying this. Like, you have Nazis as bad guys. I don't think... Yeah. And, and you're not trying to say, like, well, these are just, a, you know, a bunch of 19-year-old kids who are forced into this. That's not this story. This story is, they're the bad guys. They're pure bad, yeah. pure evil. There's no gray area. I, I think in a movie like that, it doesn't really make sense to try to be realistic or for me at least personally, I mm-hmm. would expect everything to be exaggerated everything to be a little over the top just because of
2: I suppose that's an over the top
1: thing. So it didn't bother me that much. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Those war movies, when they're real, that can really add to the 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 punch
0: right and like i said like i know this isn't like at its heart it's not even really a war movie and it's not even really a superhero movie like this is a a sci-fi spy movie at its heart um which maybe that if you look at it through that lens maybe it doesn't call for as much you know quite that same hyper realism that a war movie would um i don't know i just feel like like it was just so stylized that it disconnected me from these characters that i already wasn't that connected (laughs) with yeah um, so it bothered me enough to, to note it and to mark it down a little bit, but.
1: There was a lot of uh, noir fog. Yeah. And mist.
0: All right, well, that was um, pretty much everything I had of note. Was there anything you wanted to add for this category?
1: Nope.
0: All right. Uh, what was your total score?
1: For lighting, I gave it a 6.2. All
0: right. I gave it a 6.4. So that's going to bring us to the next category, which I have almost nothing to talk about with this movie, and that's going to be Cinematography Camera Work.
2: Yep.
0: (laughs) Same for you. The Almost
1: nothing to talk about.
0: I I was just going to give everything fives down the line because absolutely nothing stood out in in any of the subcategories. It was... I emmy mean, met expectations it was pretty standard um uh, but then i did get knock up i gave mise en a six out of ten um primarily even though it was was heavy-handed um i, I did kind of like the the recurring imagery with the shield um yeah. like i said very heavy-handed not not even trying to be subtle uh, even
1: before he had the shield when he picked up that cab door exactly and had a star in the center and, and was, the and the yeah, trash, and the can, trash lid can before that yeah. like there's
0: just this recurring theme of if he, i mean stark even says something of like i see you're attached to the shield or something yeah. like that like he's just um which, which is i don't know i have kind of mixed i would have given it a little bit more but i feel like they maybe used it one too many times um i did like I, mean, I liked having the trash can lid in the beginning and then the kid with the trash yeah. can lid at the end that was really neat. But I think having the door in there too was one too many times, especially when it had the star and everything. Um, but I get what they were doing, and it's you know it's fine. But yeah, so that the mise en scene I gave six out of ten, and everything else was was a five out of ten, which averaged mm-hmm. out to uh, a five point two out of ten. Yeah. So
1: that's really funny because I remember when we watched this uh, before with in and you had a different grid. And we had to score it based on these different things, and I kind of did my own thing. <laughs> and so I gave it uh, three stars, and one of the stars was just because there was a star on the, the taxi <laughs> door.
2: I
0: have no memory of that. I forgot we were even rating them. I guess I remember coming up with that grid.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah? Um, I'm glad you stick to this grid.
1: But... Yeah. So that's really funny because I did the same thing. Give it fives for everything except I bumped it up for mise-en-scene a little bit because there were a few scenes where it was like a heroic moment and they kind of slowed down. the can like, it was like slightly slow motion. And uh, there's things where he's, uh, you know, jumping that gap over to where Bucky is and everything's blowing up in the background and, and it's, like, perfectly framed where the left side of the screen has one ledge and the right side has the other ledge. And he's, like, right in the middle, like, jumping and doing his, like, Air Jordan pose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I really expect that from these kinds of movies. And this is the first one that I think, like, really did that several times. Yeah. And they do it better in later movies, but this one, I feel like they really delivered on that, so I gave mise en a 7 out of 10. Alright. But everything else was fives.
0: Yeah.
1: It was as bland as Steve Rogers. <laughs> I so guess that's s- the theme of this movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or the review. It's better than a, what was our motto for The Incredible whole? it's Blandly adequate. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least it's slightly better than bland adequacy. It's just I guess it is just so bland (laughs) adequacy, but... As
1: bland as Steve Rogers.
0: (laughs) Uh, So what was your total for...
1: Camera camera work got a 5.4.
0: All right. So that is going to bring us to a category that I have a significant amount to talk about, and that's going to be editing and special effects.
2: Okay.
0: Um, The main thing I have to talk about is going to come with special effects, so I'll hold off on that. Um, well, I guess, is there anything you want to say first, um, before we really delve in?
1: Uh, this was basically fives for everything, Uh, but then I lowered it a little bit for continuity and pace and for special effects.
0: All right. Well, um, one thing that I, I really liked, um, and unfortunately it kind of, Evened out. So there's two things with with overall editing. One thing I really liked and one thing I really didn't like. So the thing that I really liked is we get that the, there's a couple montages and, and the later ones don't work as well for me as the first one. But the first montage we see in the movie is um, Captain America and he's he's doing a shtick selling, selling bonds and it's oh, like the awkward right. like, you know, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And then he, you know, progresses yeah. to where he's super confident and, it, I mean, first of all, it's just a, a fairly fun montage. It gives a little bit of levity to a movie that kind of desperately needed yeah. it. Um, so so I like the scene for that. And, there, I mean, there's a scene where, like, he's watching himself on screen. and He's, like, so proud of what he's yeah. doing. Um, right, right. So there, and there's even, like, like, cheesy home video edits, which, as we learned from Iron Man 2, I normally do not like. But within this context, it just gave it this feel of, like, this is super cheesy and we're owning it. Right. Which I just, I liked the editing within that. But then I also really liked within that montage, in a lot of ways, it was really, really, really similar to when we see Tony Stark in Iron Man 2, like, come down and have little, like, Iron Man dancers behind him. And he's, like, doing the Stark Expo. And it's like, look at me, I'm Tony Stark. And it was such, like, a, an oh, yeah. opposite comparison where, like, with Tony Stark, it's all about, like, like I said, like, look at me, look what I can do, look at my money, look at my hot dancers, like, this is great, it's all about me, no one in the world can take me on, and then when That's it's...
1: interesting, yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought, I, I thought so, too, <laughs> but, but, yeah, and then when you see, when it's uh, Captain America, it's, it's not about him at all, it's all about... i'm doing this for the greater good of my country look at my country look at what our country's doing look at look at what the soldiers are doing look what we're gonna do to hitler like it's all about you know deflecting away it's practically the same exact thing it's a different song different costumes (laughs) but it's practically the same exact thing and completely opposite messages and completely opposite characters um, and particularly because this is the last film before Avengers, I thought having that and, and it's between Avengers and Iron Man 2, so ha- or no, Thor was between it, um, but yeah just having that that dichotomy of characters um, I don't know, I thought that was really interesting, so I was going to give um, overall editing a little bit of an extra boost and then we got to the end credits and the end credit scene, which, which
1: is Oh, which, which is, oh yeah which, which,
0: which, I can't even form the words.
1: Yeah, instead of having like their normal like side uh like uh, uh and
0: and credits and credits.
1: I was thinking of what it's what they call like it like teaser? Uh, like a, a amuse bouche. <laughs> like when yeah. you go and you eat the fancy food and he's like, "Oh, here's a little something, a little, a little yeah. extra treat." Yeah, uh, it, It's like, here's a little extra treat. Ah, psych! It's a right. it's a trailer.
0: And it wasn't it's even a... It's a clip show. A, yeah, it wasn't even a good trailer. Like, it felt like a bad fan-made trailer. And I mean, it's... Like, they... Obviously, they were still filming that movie yeah. when they made it. Like, they didn't even have the Avengers music yet. It was this weird, like... Sounded like royalty-free music they just grabbed <laughs> to plug in, which I'm sure that's not. I'm sure they had a composer compose sure. it, but like, right. I mean, it just it was so bad, and it might not be fair to, to you know consider that, but I'm like that's it's the Marvel end credit scene. That's part of the experience, even by yeah. by this movie. Like, and I do remember, like I I, I must have seen it in theaters because like now 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 that I'm saying it, I I do remember sitting in the theater and waiting for the end credits, and then like, still being really pumped up, like, it's like, yeah, Avengers, we're gonna see them all together, like, oh man, that's the cast, this is gonna be amazing, like, I remember getting psyched and getting pumped up, so I guess it did its job, but man, in retrospect, it does not hold up, like, it's-
1: yeah. It's, it's
0: nothing. It's
1: it's so weird, because I don't see why you need to do that.
0: Exactly. That's what the whole movies are. The whole yeah. movies are teasers for, for Avengers. And
1: I think by this time, people know that it's going to happen, especially exactly. since this movie is called The First Avenger. Exactly. And it's, it's really weird. Why would they take this thing that, as far as I know, Marvel created this whole end credit idea, at least in modern times, maybe they did that in the 20s or something.
2: Uh, uh, well, to be technical about it it, it, it
0: did kind of start with Ferris Bueller, but you know.
1: Ferris Bueller? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that.
0: Which they reference in, in Deadpool. Deadpool, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's right. Okay.
0: But yeah, as far as, as this kind of end credits, yeah. yes,
1: Marvel. Like, this, <laughs> this is, is their thing. They made this, and it's awesome, and everyone loves it. And then you just fuck it up. Yeah. For, I don't see why. why. What did they gain from that?
0: Yeah. And I don't know why they didn't just. Because there's a scene in the first Avengers movie, which I thought, what, like, I had forgotten about this awful trailer. And I, what I remembered was that they just took an abbreviated version of this scene that's already in Avengers. So I remember being disappointed seeing Avengers and being like, didn't we already see this? But it's only, like, a 10-second bit. So I'm like, but I don't know why they didn't just, the, the scene where Nick Fury comes in and he's like, like, oh, we're, we're assembling a team, it's time to get ready, we gotta save the world. Like, that scene where he's in the boxing. Yeah. Like, why didn't they just have that scene? Where it's Nick Fury approaching him and tells him that they need to go save the world. Like, that would have been awesome. Just leave it at that. Yeah. He returns. That would have been great. And he's... I agree. And I mean, we still, we have that scene in Avengers, so it would have been redundant. And, and...
1: But yeah, maybe they could have just not had
0: that. I don't know. There's just... There had to have been something better. Um, So, particularly... And like I said, at the time, I think it was effective. But looking back it's just like like I, I was irritated that it was on my dvd like, I'm like this, is, this is irrelevant now like yeah. like there's no reason that i i i should not have watched that like that is an irrelevant trailer there's not even like the epic good trailer that we get later anyway i went on for way too long about that end credit scene but it, it wasn't even an end credit scene it was a trailer um, so, I didn't know where else to dock it besides editing, so that's where... Cause especially because it wasn't even a well-edited trailer, is that, like, it was awful. What I think
1: is funniest about that is that that's why they're called trailers, right? Because they are at the end of the movie, like, isn't that how it used to be?
2: Oh, yeah, that is, yeah. And then yeah. they, like,
1: brought it back, and we're both like, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> that's if really it was weird.
0: If it was a well-made trailer...
1: I even then. I, I, I don't want to see a trailer. I want to see
0: a yeah. little little tidbit. Well, yeah, the little stinger. But yeah, so so anyway, so overall editing, I ended up giving a five out of ten after everything I just said because okay. it was like I you really liked. Yeah, like I really liked that montage, but I really hated that end credit scene, and they canceled each other out. I did give though. I gave storytelling a pretty high score. I gave that eight out of ten um, because of the montage thing. I figured that kind of even though it's a little bit of a stretch. Um,
1: There were a couple montages, um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, the other montages I didn't care for too much. Yeah, it just shows
1: that now he's a badass.
0: Yeah, and I think actually an 8 is too high. I'm going to go like 6.5. 8 was way too high, um, because it's really just for that one reason, which, yeah. So I guess that's really all I have to say until we get to special effects, because I have quite a bit to say. About that, um, it sounds like you do as well. Do you want to uh, get us started on on I'm this? Pretty sure hole? I have
1: less to say than you do about <laughs> it, but I do have a few things to say. Uh, the special effects, I liked the lighting stuff, uh, okay. but a lot of it looked like pretty bad CGI.
2: Yes, like when they
1: first go onto the train or when, oh, yeah. whenever they're in a, a large space like a warehouse. Whenever they're in any of those. It just looked it just looked really bad for yeah. that time. Even if it was like ten years ago,
0: mm-hmm. it
1: just it just was not up to par.
0: No, not even a little bit. There was definitely at least one but when they zipline and get onto yeah. the train, we literally we both grabbed our tablets. Yeah. And I'm like, we're both just we're both about to write a note about how bad those special effects were. And I mean it was throughout the movie, but
1: Yeah, th- that's when it when I noticed it the most yeah the note that I put was cgi train comma explosions in warehouse
0: <laughs> yeah I just put so, my my note was so much bad green screen <laughs> <laughs> so yeah mu-. it's even scenes where they're just where it's just two people standing
1: I, I saw a their, few as well yeah.
0: yeah and like I know that it's really common like more common than we realize to have green screens and scenes like that but you're not supposed to notice it, like
1: yeah. It and so I don't know why. Bad. It reminded me of a movie that I never even watched, but I know you watched it.
0: I, I bet we're gonna say the same thing because I have I have a note.
1: All right. Well, we'll get to it when we get to it, I guess.
0: Well, I'm we'll definitely get to gonna it when
1: you get to it.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna mention it. So
1: that's about all I got to say
0: All about right. That. Well one thing that we definitely need to talk about before we get into some of the some of my other notes. Um, we, we do need to address the um, skinny body on on Chris Evans' head. I didn't notice. I, I the only time that it bothered me is when he was shirtless and I think <laughs> I, I think the issue because a lot of people have very, very strong feelings about it. And I'm like, it's just because you know that's not his body, and you know that that's not what he looks like. Like, it's not because it looks bad. Like, it's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, I thought CGI. so. CGI. Maybe that's where all, all the CGI budget <laughs> went to that. Maybe that's why everything else was so bad.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, But I think one thing that might have helped, um, I don't know, just that whole illusion, is, like, I think his neck was, like, way too skinny. Yeah. Although, I mean, that's just an actor. Like, You can't just be like, "Hey, we need to make your neck shorter and or thicker." So I
1: guess
0: I don't know. I guess that's not a very fair. But I think that's that was the biggest thing is like. Well,
1: yeah, it's a different person's body. Of course, that's not match hundred percent. But I, I, I thought it did not look like bad CG. No,
0: I didn't either. And a lot of people do, and I'm like, that's the CG you're gonna pick on (laughs) because everything else was was bad. The first time I really noticed, I mean, there was a lot that I noticed. But the first time where I was like, okay, I need to officially make a note about how bad this CGI is, is um, when they're flying in Stark's plane, and you see like the plane, yeah. And I'm like, this looks, this legit looks like a '50s movie where like a model on a string. (laughs) Like it looks so bad, and I don't even think it was a model. I think it was just bad CGI. But that's what it looked like. I'm like, you should have just built a model. It would have looked so much better. Um, and that almost like that didn't really bother me that much because I'm like, that's actually kind of charming and fitting because it did have so especially at that point because i was a little bit earlier in the movie like it was before the midpoint when he saves everybody where like at the midpoint it becomes a war movie and before the midpoint it's more like sci-fi spy Mm -hmm. like 50s sci-fi spy so having that like almost like a throwback cgi kind of look was almost charming and didn't bother me but then you have other things where it's just like People standing next to a plane and you can tell it's, it's bad CGI
2: and, and,
0: and and like the, you know, zip lining and it's like, oh, that is just obvious green screen, like just so much obvious green screen. So just things like that where I'm like, this is just, and it reminded me, it reminded me of two things. The first one, um, I know this isn't what we were talking about and actually I just now thought of this, like it reminded me like watching the prequel star wars movies where it's like like there's this brand new technology we're gonna make a brand new trilogy of movies and it's gonna be so awesome because we don't have to rely on practical effects we have this newfangled special effects everything's gonna be special effects and it's gonna be amazing and it's like you were about 10 years behind your time like that you were not there yet yeah
2: yeah
0: and it's all i mean those movies are unforgivable for a lot of reasons but the (laughs) cg i'm kind of willing to be like yeah, they were just ahead of their time, but not in a good way. Where it was like
1: <laughs> their ambitions were ahead. of their
0: Yeah, time. they were ahead of their technology available. Like yeah, you know, like better, they were yeah. just they were almost there and not quite. But this movie doesn't have that excuse. This was 2011. Yeah, that was not it was that long bad. ago. And then the other movie, and this might be what we were. I, I think this might be what what we were both thinking of. I it really reminded me with all of the um like almost every scene seemed like they were in front of a green screen and and it was just so like stylized and it really reminded me of sky captain in the world of tomorrow yep yeah like so much like it. Was, i've never
1: even seen it and it reminded me of that
0: it's i mean it's interesting within that universe because it's like oh this was like a brand kind of like with with star wars like i was saying, like oh this was like new technology it was it was the first movie to be shot entirely on green screen and it was like yeah. You know, this big technological achievement. Not a very good movie, but, like, technologically impressive for its time, at least. Um, but going back and looking at it, it's like, oof, this, this is very stylized yeah. and has, like, that comic book feel. But very stylized, which is the same stylized that this movie has. And I don't know why, because I'm like, because I looked, too. I was like, well, maybe, like, maybe it's just doing stuff that, like, like maybe I'm I'm misremembering special effects from 2011 because the other movies in the MCU so far, like, yes, they have a lot of special effects, but not quite to this extreme, but I'm certainly not like, you know, putting his um, head on a different body and, and yeah, all of that's... the, I mean, cause it's a period piece. So like, they're not building all these sets that are, that look old. They're doing green screen. Yeah, that... They're not
1: building a giant underground warehouse filled with airplanes and bombs.
0: Exactly. Like, like I just feel like more of the sets in this movie or CG, whereas before they they were practical. Um, I think. I mean, I feel like every movie these yeah. days has way more special effects than we even realize. Oh, yeah. But this movie, you do realize it because it's really obvious. Yeah. But anyway, so I was wondering, like, like what the, um, like like where technology was in two thousand eleven, um, which I didn't really look into that much, but I did look into when sky captain in the world of tomorrow came out thinking like well maybe they came out like within a couple of years of each other no sky captain in the world of tomorrow was 2004 yeah and this was 2011 and it looks like the the same exact like level of technology if not worse i mean it's been a long time since i've seen sky captain but like and it, it must have like it just now dawned on me when i mentioned it earlier they must have just like with with justice league and and CGIing out the mustache, like they must have just blown their CG budget <laughs> with with his scrawny body, which yeah. is which is I mean
1: that part was good. I yeah. had no problem with that, and I it's important that was really to the well
0: and it's important to the story. Like focus on story first. I get it, but man, the CG, yeah. like I wanted to give it a better score because of I thought the the head swapping technology was. I thought they did a really yeah. good job. This this but just felt else.
1: like. TV CGI.
0: Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I felt like it could have been an episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. as far as, like...
1: Oh, I think it's even worse than that. I remember yeah. there was... There used to be, a, like, these shows... It was after uh, Kevin Sorbo and uh, Hercules and after Xena, <laughs> Warrior Princess. There's like, I guess we could just, like, make these cheap shows. And I think for yeah. a while there was like, we're just going to green screen everything. Yeah. And I think... So there was one show... I don't even know what it was. I think I, I don't, I must have seen it while changing channels or something, but it was just like some chicks with skimpy clothing and clothing and big tits and like a green screen. And that was it. That was the whole thing.
0: <laughs> Cleopatra 2525. That was that a funny one.
1: <laughs> probably was it. That sounds about right.
0: I forgot all about that show.
1: It, it, it looked like that. Yeah. When was that? Early 2000s?
0: probably i want to say it was right around 2000 yeah
1: that's that's what it looked like to me it was about that quality
0: i wouldn't go i mean there were a few scenes that were that bad but not consistently but it was it was not good it was not good i agree so that said is there oh there was one other thing i wanted to add with editing and i know you mentioned this and it seemed like you maybe liked it a little bit more than i did um but I thought that um, they went a little overboard with the slow motion. Which don't get me wrong, yeah. like like I I love a good slow motion fight scene. Like I think Wonder Woman has some of the best fight scenes that movie.
2: Yeah.
0: I love it, but it's got it's got some major flaws. Um, but the fight scenes are not one of them, or at least style wise. Like man, this like that's a perfect balance right. between slow motion and action. And this movie is just like. Let's, have, let's show him slow motion jumping a lot. Like, it's not even he him did fighting a lot people. Of jumping, yeah. I yeah. like the first time it was kind of cool, and then it happened like four more times. It's just.
1: Yeah. I I like the, the scenes stood out. there were. So, yeah, I did give it extra points on mise en scene because of some of the scenes. But I did notice that there was a lot of him jumping. Yeah. And it's weird because usually I subtract points because during fight scenes they'll have a ton of quick cuts Yeah. because no one knows how to fight and they're just like we'll just use editing and loud noises to get people excited about what's happening. Right. Uh, And this was almost the opposite. It's like well we gotta have some heroic action scene let's have him jump off a tank. Let's have him jump across a ditch or whatever let's have him jump from a ledge to a ledge. It's just jumping, and then slow motion, and then background explosions. Yeah. So on the one hand, I did like that they had that, because you have to have, in my mind, these kinds of movies have to have those iconic scenes, but at the same time, it's like, we get it. He can jump in slow motion with explosions behind him. Right. So I, I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah. So I suppose that's about everything I have to say about the editing and special effects. Was there anything else that you would like to add? Nope. All right, um, so I gave editing, whew, I gave it a four point nine, um, which does still meet expectations, but is is on the pretty low end of that.
1: Wow, it sounds like that's too low. I gave it a four point two.
0: No, it's I I don't think it's I, I think a four point two is perfectly appropriate. It's not that I I don't know my 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 sounds of disappointment were not in myself for it being too low. It was in the movie for deserving a score <laughs> that low. <laughs> I just. Yeah. Because it seems like editing it shouldn't be difficult for a movie to get fives down the line for editing. Maybe a little low on special effects, but like to get below a five is kind of difficult in my yeah. book for editing. Like it's a little bit hard to go above and beyond in some of the some of the subcategories, um, just because editing is one of those things that like you're not really supposed to notice it right. and if you do it should be for an effective reason it should help tell the story and not be jarring um so editing can be a little bit tough to get higher than than a five or a six but it's equally did like you have to do something pretty bad to get below a five in my book as far as how i rate things um so to a 4.9 that's special effects were just really bad <laughs> in it yep which is a shame because it was like revolutionary the the stuff they did with the head swapping like that was a big deal and it looked really good. Oh yeah,
1: this this gets plus one for the head swap and minus three for everything else.
0: Yeah, that's about what I did too. Um, yeah, it's just it's just not good. All right, but uh, so moving on. Uh, so the next category is gonna be sound. Um, is there anything you would like to start us off with?
1: Uh, for me, this was fives for everything except. The score and soundtrack, there were no unoriginal songs, is that what it's called? Like there was no, they, they like didn't play Black Sabbath or uh, oh, anything yeah. like that. There was no real songs. That's not right.
0: I mean, no soundtrack really. Soundtrack. Except, except for
1: the... I don't know why I couldn't <laughs> have that word. Yeah. I there's mean,
0: no... I was just going to the only soundtrack quote unquote type song that we get is the... Captain America theme song or whatever that the pipettes or whatever sang.
1: Yeah, that's not when selling war bonds. Yeah. That's why this got a seven out of ten for that scene alone. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so funny and over the top, and it's like, what? What's going on? (laughs) What happened to this movie? Why? What? (laughs) I just thought that was really funny, really enjoyable. The only thing that really stood out to me. Everything else is fives.
0: All right um I mostly agree um there were a few things with the um just the overall sound mix there were just a couple times where the dialogue seemed unnecessarily low like I felt like you kept having to turn the volume That's up true. I did. several times um, which it's not a problem to have to have low dialogue at times, but it seemed like it was times when like like, it wasn't intentional. It just seemed like, oh, this scene is drastically quieter than all the others. Right. turn it up.
1: There was a scene where before Rogers goes through the experiment, he sits down with the scientists and the scientist pours him some schnapps. Yeah. And there's, like, nothing else happening. There's no background noise. There's no music. It's just the two dudes talking to each other. And I could not hear a single word. Yeah. For the first ten seconds or so until I blasted the volume.
0: Yeah, that scene. And then the other scene that stood out was um tommy lee jones talking to uh philip seymour hoffman wannabe
2: (laughs) he's Uh, a very famous
0: guy i should know his name toby jones maybe i looked it up earlier and instantly forgot it. i'm so bad with Uh,
2: yeah that
0: scene Mm. i i could barely hear even after you turned it up and that was after you'd already turned it up for the other scene like it just seemed really quiet and we have a pretty decent sound setup and, and we don't have that problem with very many movies um, which makes me think it's it's something within the movie That's itself. true.
1: I should talk a little bit. Also, that reminds me, I need to turn the TV down before yeah. we go to bed and then Good forget call. about it.
0: But yeah, so that was something that I noticed within the um, just the overall sound mix. Um, as far as sound effects go, I, I just really liked um, the S.H.I.E.L.D. sound effects throughout, like, the not yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. the agency, but S.H.I.E.L.D. the S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> right. Um, like, just the, I mean, it was a little over the top, but, like, I feel like it was called for and it helped the story and helped set the feeling and as far as like like oh yeah like this is captain america that's his shield that's right. what it would sound like it just had like an epicness to it that i thought was really neat yeah. i had like a little bit of a different like if you threw it it made one kind of sound and of course if someone hit it it made another if it got hit with a bullet it was and i mean of course these are things that should be present within a sound design um but i just thought it had a really yeah unique vibe to it and helped add to the to the environment and the storytelling in general and and gave his character something defining as far as like this is his shield it's a part of him and here's here's sounds that remind you of that part right. of him um so i just thought that it was kind of neat um what they did with the sound i mean it's not really that different than like stuff they did before in his hammer like like they or all Tony kind Stark of have, his suit. exactly like they all yeah, kind of have their that. their own unique sounds. Um, so I didn't give it, like, too far, um, like, too much of a hit, or not hit, but a boost for that. But it was just, and I do like that they they each kind of have their own sound, and then when you get to Avengers, like, you've got them all working together and all these different sounds, and it's just, it's just me. It's a neat aspect to um, to these characters that could have easily um, not been as exaggerated. And it did bother me, like, in, in Iron Man, I think I complained and, and docked at points for kind of the same thing, but that's just because, like, like, it's a suit. We get it. Like, we know what creaky metal sounds like. Like, why doesn't he add some grease to a suit? It shouldn't squeak <laughs> that much. But, like, with Thor's hammer and with the shield, like, it makes sense because these are, like, these are, their weapons. They're not supernatural, but they're, they have their own qualities that aren't something that exists sure. in our world. I mean, uh, you know, vibranium isn't supernatural within the Marvel world, but it's still not something that exists in our right. world. Um, and then, of course, the hammer is, you know, Mjolnir is something totally Flirts
1: within the dying star
0: exactly so it's got its own thing going on yeah. um but anyway so that was the the biggest thing of note for me within the the sound effects and sound design that I really liked um and then the last thing I wanted to talk about is um the the score I I really liked it and this is um the same person who scored Avengers which I'm gonna butcher his Uh-oh. name and I feel bad because he's I, I really like his his scores in general but Alan Silvestri, I want to say something like that. I, I can butcher anybody's name. It's it's bad, but um, but he also scored Avengers, and and which I think Avengers yeah. has the like that's the only identifying song for the most part within the MCU. But I also think like that said, like the, this music is is very unique amongst the MCU, and it's very like it has not just like a military feel, but like a very specifically. World War II, like, propaganda, or maybe propaganda is not quite the right word, promotional video, I guess. Like, it has that, like, come join the army, fight for your country. Like, that just kind of, like, I don't know. Like, it's got a very good balance of, like, this feels industrial, but it also feels peppy, but it feels patriotic. Like, it, it somehow hits all the right notes. And it's still, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is with Marvel score it's like it's still not the most memorable like i can't hum it to you right now i don't remember it but like as soon as i hear it it's like oh yeah he does have his own theme this is pretty good so i don't know like i I have kind of a love-hate relationship with marvel music in general because i just don't understand why it's not more memorable um but that said i did really like the the score in this movie it's probably my favorite thing about the movie honestly um, so I did give the, the score and soundtrack category a pretty high score. And then also for, for the same reason you said about the, that montage with the, the song about, yeah. which yeah, I couldn't sing it right now, which, which is fine. I shouldn't sing anything anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So, so I liked the, the music within this. Um, yeah. Uh, is there anything you would like to add for the sound category?
1: Nope. I think we said it. All right. For me, it works out to a 5.0, meets expectations.
0: Wow, perfectly mediocre in every way.
1: <laughs> Bland as Steve Rogers.
0: <laughs> so I gave it a 6.7, um, which does exceed expectations, mostly because um, of the the sound effects for the shield, and then that score um, saved it from from the same fate that, that your score got. Because <laughs> other than that, it was pretty pretty average um but i liked those two elements quite a bit and gave it a pretty significant boost there all right so this is going to get us to a category that we've kind of already said most of of what i was going to talk about but um aesthetics um so the first part of aesthetics is going to be the um, character aesthetics of hair makeup and costumes and then we have the more environmental aesthetics of sets, props, and locations, um, we've already talked quite a bit about, um, environmental aesthetics, so, so that's maybe a good place to start, just to kind of get any, any loose ends out of the way, as far as, um, any last notes, um, which I really don't, I mean, pretty much my, my biggest notes were that Hydra really reminded me of, like, like, the Death Star and, and all that good stuff from, from Star Wars. And then, um, as far as, like, the props go, a lot of those, and even some of the, some of the sets, um, which I kind of already mentioned a little bit, but it really reminded me of, like, like I said, like, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, or, like, Paris's holodeck on, on Star Trek Voyager, yeah. like, it just had that really, um, I'm kind of, like, I honestly don't know how I feel about it, like, I kind of like that throwback feel, because obviously, I mean, this does take place in 1942, and it is a very, um, cliche, I guess, or just very, maybe cliche is not the right word, but a very straightforward superhero as far as, like, yep. family. I mean, very much so. I've mentioned before, like, Tony Stark is the Batman of the MCU, and if we're going to continue with that metaphor, Captain America is the Superman. Like, he's the he's the Boy Scout. He's yep. the the all-American guy. Um, so, so I kind of liked that, like, 50s i mean even though this is 42 and not 50 but just that like old school feel like i thought was kind of fun um but then at the same time it was also really cheesy and i'm like do i like the cheese or do i not like the cheese (laughs) and i'm really having a hard time deciding so yeah i ended up i gave props a six and sets and locations a 4.5 so pretty much i might as well have just given both a five um, just because I was so on the fence on like, like, do do I like I said, do I like the cheese or do I not? Um, and it was really hard for me to to decide. <laughs> so that's really all I have to say about um, the more environmental aesthetics. Oh, never mind, I was wrong. There was one more thing I wanted to add. This is just like a, a nitpicky little thing. but like, why on earth does Steve Rogers have a picture of Peggy Carter that he carries around with him in a compass? He barely knows this person. We never see her give him this picture. He just, like, has it awkwardly. I thought that was weird. I thought that was real weird. Sorry, but that's the last thing I had to say about...
1: Yeah, uh, like I assumed that, uh, maybe they hung out more or something, or... Yeah. There was there was no montage of that.
0: True, uh, yeah.
1: it would've made more sense if it was Bucky in there, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> like,
1: God. Um... Yeah, so I gave everything in this category a seven actually. Okay, every one of the subcategories. I thought everything was uh, exceeded expectations. Everything was really well done. For the props and sets and locations, it's a lot of what I mentioned with the lighting and the different the, the two very different sides are both very different locations. Hydra has like the high tech, uh, very stark, very sterile, And then the American army has uh, more neutral and natural colors. And they're either always outdoors. I don't know if you noticed that, but whenever they were in Europe, they were out outdoors. Yeah. Uh, Or they were in New York. That stood out to me. So, yeah, I I gave sevens to everything in this category.
0: All right. Is that including character aesthetics? Yep. All right. Um, So I have... I'm not usually this type of girl, but the last few reviews I've had some very strong opinions on hair, and and with this one with makeup as well. Um, there was one scene that that bothered me a bit with the hair that did, it didn't knock it down significantly. I was gonna give it either a six or six point five. I couldn't quite decide because I do like all the period hair and you know just that 40s look. Um, I'm just kind of partial to, and I just really like it, and I thought they did a good job with it. Um, but all that said. <laughs> scene where they're out in the rain and they actually did a good job of of actually letting Peggy's hair get wet and like and you know it's like okay this is great like she's actually looks like she's been out in the rain that almost never happens and then they get in a plane and instantly not only is her hair dry but it's perfectly styled in like the pin curl look and I'm just like come on like you won points and then you lost them right away (laughs) and I mean like what are you gonna do have your characters look less than their best like that's I mean that's what movies do but like it just bothered it's one of those nitpicky pet peeves of mine where i'm just like that's not how hair dries naturally that's right. she could have put it back in a pony I, i'm always about the ponytail apparently i just want everyone to wear ponytails in movies but like she could have done something where it's like oh my hair got all messed up but i'm in the middle of a war so i'm not gonna go fix it yeah
2: um
0: so that was a little disappointing and then the other thing and this is one where I'm, this is like the cheese factor. I'm a little on the fence on whether or not I like this or not. And and you mentioned it a little bit earlier as far as, like, how over the top this movie is. And that's Peggy's makeup
2: oh, yeah. that is
0: perfect yep. throughout the whole movie. Like, not just, like, she's got the bright red lipstick, perfectly outlined, like, airbrushed skin, perfect eyebrows, like like the the very yeah, picture she's
1: like a 50s pinup model. Oh
0: yeah, which, which I like. Like I like that aspect as unrealistic as it is. It's like sure, like that that sets the the feel like she's and she's a gorgeous woman, but she's in power and she kicks ass. She can punch a guy in the face, she can shoot a gun like like that's awesome. I'm all for it. But then it's also like I was like she's in the rain in the middle of a war and like she has first of all she has time to do her makeup like that. Second of all, like, it doesn't get messed up. Like, it's just... My suspension of disbelief will only go so far. (laughs) But then I'm, like, on the fence where I'm like, is she extra awesome because she can manage to, like, look that good seemingly without any effort? Like, does that add to her awesomeness? Or is it just annoying because it's so unrealistic and ridiculous? And I honestly can't decide, um... So that's my rant on hair and makeup, which pretty much still I I gave hair a five point five and makeup a five. So I pretty much just couldn't decide and, and went down the middle. Um costumes though, I did give costumes a a very high score. I love the Captain America costume, and I thought they did a good job with that evolution where like you see the like yeah, the hokey, I like like, like handmade version, and then you see the Stark version. Um so I liked that a lot, but then you also get all the like World War II uniforms, and you get, like, Hydra uniforms, yeah. and you get, like...
2: that
0: was really well done. Yeah, and and so just, just the costumes in general, and I, I've said this in in other reviews that I've done, um when I had the YouTube channel, I, I mentioned in a few reviews that it's like, if it's a period piece, it's gonna get pretty high scores right. in aesthetics, especially for someone like me, where it's like, like, some people can watch a movie that takes place in 1942 and be like, like, oh, that fashion didn't come in until 1945, or like, oh, like, those those shoes weren't invented until 53. Like, there are some people that, that are really into fashion and, like, know these things, or they lived at the time, and or, you know, whatever the case may be. Like, period pieces can be iffy like that, because if you know your stuff, there's probably a lot of errors to be found. Like, it's inevitable. Right. But if you don't know your stuff, like <laughs> me, like, I'm just like, oh, look at the pretty yeah. costumes. Like, how great everyone looks. I love it.
1: According to the World War II movies that I've seen, <laughs> exactly. this is what people wore in World War II.
0: Exactly. Which I'm okay with. Um... Yeah. So, so like most movies taking place anytime before like nineteen eighty, um, I I gave the costumes very high. I gave it nine out of ten. Um, mostly, kind of like with you in casting, I didn't give it a perfect ten out of ten because I'm like, who am I to say? Like, You're I right. I don't know. But I thought it looked great. So yeah, I think that's about all I have to say for aesthetics. That wasn't as long of a range as I thought it was going to be, but still probably longer than it needed to be. <laughs> was there anything you'd like to add for this category?
1: Nope. It came out to 7.0, which is right okay. in the center of the exceeds expectations category, or right. range, which <laughs> is perfectly accurate.
0: All right, now I might come out to a 6.0. I don't know, it could have been better. There was room for improvement, um, but it wasn't bad by any means all right so that's going to bring us to your favorite category i say sarcastically (laughs) it's going to be impact on film Um,
1: sure yeah what does everyone else think
0: i mean it's important to keep perspectives in mind i think
1: sure
0: um so so this one gets divided up into three separate subcategories which is going to be critical impact audience and cult impacts and historical and inspirational impacts and this one, I'm pretty sure you just looked at my grid and copied my scores for at least the first two.
2: That is correct. That is right. exactly what happened.
0: So I guess I'll explain why we gave them that score. <laughs> um, so for Critical Impact, um, I pretty much, for, for movies like this that you know aren't like, Citizen Kane or something that I can just know off the top of my head is a ten out of ten. Right. Um, I usually just go to Metacritic and, and just kind of see what the algorithms say or what the you know what the aggregate sites say. Um, so for this one it was a six point six out of ten. And sometimes I'll round down, sometimes I'll round up. This one I didn't really know enough about what critics say about it to to really care that much either way. Yeah. So I just I just went real specific with it and divided it by ten and called it a six point six because um, it was a, a 66 for the, for the metacritic score yeah. Um, and then audience and cold impact was was very similar. I looked at, at four different aggregate sites for audience scores, not critic scores. Um, converted them all to the to the same uh, range and and averaged it out and it came to a, a 7.6. So again, I didn't wow. bother to round mm-hmm. up or down and and went with the real specific and, and just called it a 7.6. Um, and then for historical and inspirational impacts, I gave this one pretty high. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. And the main reason, um, well, first of all, like every movie in the MCU, it's a part of the MCU. That's going to give it sure. like one or two points right off the bat. Yeah. And then it's an origin story within the MCU. Yeah, so that's okay. going to give it another couple points right off the bat. So now we're up to maybe a, a three or a four. But then the reason it got an 8.5 and not a four uh, is just because of, of the... How, how much people love these characters and and the roles they play in the future. Yeah,
1: that's true.
0: I mean, there's, uh, I mean, obviously we've got Captain America, we've got Bucky, uh, we've got the Tesseract, we've got Hydra is introduced for the first time, we've got
2: that's right, Agent yeah. Carter,
0: who gets her own TV mm-hmm. show later, um, so there, there's just a lot going on as far as, as contributing to the MCU and as far as even just connecting the MCU. I feel like this one more so than any movie before it, you know, it mentions um, potentially gamma radiation in a, a yeah. retro way. Um, and it mentions it mentions Odin and it mentions uh,
2: yeah.
0: uh, Stark, obviously. Howard you know, Stark is yeah. a character in the movie. So, I mean, it, it connects... Every movie that came before it in ways that the movies that came before it did a little bit here and there, but not to this extent. Um, so I thought that that was, was definitely, um, as, far, as far as historical impact, and, and within most of these movies, I consider historical impact to be within the realm of the MCU, um, just because... That that's historical in and of its own, um, you know, in its own right, because the, the MCU created a whole new model for for doing movie franchises. It created the shared universe concept, um, at least as far as movies go, and it and it, you know, it's the most successful franchise in ever. Like it's you know, so so to have that big of an impact within this franchise that's done all those historical things. I figured it it deserved a bump. Um, so that probably, you know, that aspect of the impact probably got it to like a 7.5 or an 8. And then I bumped it up still a little bit more. Um, and this, I am going to talk about Infinity War. It's not a spoiler. And it, the movie has been in theaters for several weeks by now. Um, but that is kind of our rules. We don't talk about movies that are in theaters. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm going to break that rule. No spoilers. But if you don't want to know anything and somehow still haven't seen it yet, fast forward like 30 seconds um but in infinity war when we see captain america for the first time that is the only time the audience cheered in the in the showing that we saw yeah. for a character when like literally there's like 70 mcu characters That's in true, that man. movie captain america was the only one who got applause um so that that to me seems like this character has a huge impact within yeah. this franchise okay. so i i bumped it up even higher than than the seven or eight that all the other reasons i listed so far kind of got it up to which i know that's kind of more of a um cult impact or fan impact but i thought it it still deserved a boost with historical impact for okay, that yeah. um because he plays such a big role in the mcu so so that's why i gave historical and inspirational impact such a high score um, so those three for me averaged out to a 7.57 out of 10 for impact on
1: film. Wow, I, I yeah, I took your scores and basically rounded them to the nearest whole number, so I got a seven. But okay. I, I like your reasons for the uh, historical inspirational impact.
0: Did you did you steal my historical and inspirational score too?
1: Anyway, the next category.
0: <laughs> I told you specifically that. <laughs> That one's at least more subjective than the other two. I could see for the first two. All right. Well, I guess that shortens up that category a bit. Um, so that's going to bring us to overall enjoyment. I have a hunch we might have the same score on this one. Um, do you want to go first?
1: Uh, I gave it a five. That's, Me too. It's fine.
0: Yeah. That's literally my exact thought too. I'm like, well, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. It was It's fine. a really
1: simple, straightforward, pure good, pure evil. Yeah. Um,
0: and like I said before, if I'm going to watch a movie like really that, neat. I would rather watch Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, and I just like... I mean, it's still an MCU movie, and it's a fairly decent origin story. I like the World War II stuff. It's yeah. kind of an interesting... Like, I'm always a sucker for, like, alternative history storylines and, and things like that. So there are a lot of things I like about it, but... He's he's probably easily my least favorite MCU character, even more so than the Hulk, cuz the Hulk actually worked very well in and Bruce Banner, I should say especially like works very well in an ensemble cast as much as I hate the movie The Incredible yeah. Hulk. He's a pretty he decent character in later movies.
1: That's true. Captain America stays least... bland. Well, he has he's changes somewhat over he has, he uh, has an some arc. arc. Yeah. But yeah, it, I I think we both just find one-note characters to be kind of boring.
0: You mean we find one-note characters to be kind of one-note? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just... It's
1: like, and we I mean, obviously... it, you're the good guy, we did it.
0: Yeah, and there must be something that we just don't get or we're not seeing. Because, I mean, a lot of people, like, that resonates with them. Which right. is great, that's why there's 19 movies in the MCU. If there's right. something for everybody and, and different people have different favorites, like, that's that's what makes me like the MCU so much, is there, there's just... People can like it for different reasons. Um, I'm. It's just curious to me that that he's such a fan favorite when I can't stand him. He's so boring, yeah. you know. Um. But yeah. But I mean, a lot of people really like him. I, and that said, this movie is kind of mediocre on, on a lot of lists.
1: I I wonder how many people like him and like Thor or dislike them both because it seems like they they're they're opposite movies or opposite characters in a way.
0: Yeah. I was actually looking at a lot of, as, as I've been doing lately, I was looking at some lists. And interestingly enough, on, on several, not all the lists, but on, on a, at least three in a row that I looked at, um, both Thor and Captain America, the first Avenger, were pretty close to the bottom with, with Thor being one step below Captain America. Like they were right next really? to each other, which really surprised me because I feel like people have very strong feelings against Thor. And I don't really hear people talk about the first Captain America that much, but people really love the character. But people really love Thor, too, and just don't like his movies. It's, it's, the is a weird, yeah. like, there's a lot of weird things going on with, like, like, just because you really like a character doesn't mean you really like a movie. Because, like, because I know, um, Winter Soldier is is a very popular movie, and so, I mean, Civil War, was one of my favorites, too, but that one doesn't even really feel like a Captain America movie, um, so the trilogy yeah, like takes some interesting turns And I feel like the first one Gets a little left behind Like it's I mean it's not forgettable necessarily It's just kind of Meh I don't know I mean certainly for us it's meh But even for people who really like Captain America It seems maybe like it's Certainly the least popular of the three But all of it I mean until Avengers I guess Iron Man 1 and then Avengers Like the bookends for Phase 1 Are still You know they hold up pretty well but all the others tend to be towards the bottom of the list. I think it just took a while for, for right. them them to, to get its footing and get it spun crazy, well, successful from the beginning. It's interesting. And, and also,
1: is it at the bottom of the list because people dislike it? Or is it at the bottom of the list because people like the other movies so much more?
0: I think that's... I think it's right? the, like
1: the it's, latter. It's, yeah. it's the 15th out of 19, but it still gets like a 90% or something. That doesn't mean yeah. it gets a 10% because it's 15 out of 19.
0: Right do have really strong feelings against Thor, though. Captain America, Um, I would agree with that. But Thor? Oh, man. A part of me thinks it's because well, nah, we'll get to it when we get to it.
1: (laughs) Alright. Extra credit.
0: I didn't give this movie any extra credit. I thought maybe i think of something while we went through and... I don't know. I think I'm just getting stingier with my extra credit lately. Okay. I I don't know. I've been trying not. Although the last few movies, I've definitely double dipped. But there wasn't really anything in this right. movie that thought that I thought was good enough to deserve some it's double dipping. Not double I don't know. Ready.
2: Yeah. Okay. I
0: don't know. There was just nothing stood out. All right. <laughs> did you give this movie any extra credit?
2: I did.
1: This one, I only gave one point. Okay. So I guess I'm getting stingy as well. Uh, I gave it one point for the character of Bucky and the relationship that they have which is kind of funny because i i make fun of it a lot but at the same time like i don't know of any other movie that has this kind of situation like where they're friends and there's like that kind of like making fun of each other a little bit kind of thing that friends always have in movies and then but but it goes beyond that there's more to it than that Hmm. sometimes it's too much but I gave it a point just because it's different, and it's interesting, and it does carry on uh, throughout other For way movies. way too long. And, yeah, like I said, it does <sighs> come on a little strong and uh, go a little long at times. But it is something that I don't think I've seen in any other MCU movies, that kind of friendship.
2: I mean, maybe a
0: little bit with Thor and Loki, but they're literal brothers, and, and Thor's yeah. a villain. Although, I mean... Winter Soldier kind of goes that route, obviously the two, but there's actually kind of a lot of parallels between Thor and Captain America. Now that I'm thinking about it, although I mean I I think that's kind of the point of the MCU—you can pick any two characters and find some parallels because yeah.
1: they're opposites in some ways and similar yeah, in others.
0: Um... Yeah.
1: Yeah. But anyway, I thought it was worth at least one point of extra credit just because it's so different. Okay. Even though I make fun of it at
0: times <laughs> all right uh so what was your total score then i'm curious because you had mentioned uh, as soon as you finished filling it yeah. out you thought it was a little too high
1: so I, I did change i think i lowered one or two things um but the total score is 58 okay so it's uh, earlier it was like 61 or something which this did not exceed my expectations i, th- I think yeah. in lighting it did but overall no it did not this meets expectations. Um, I think I would give it about a five, and so we got a fifty-eight. That's about
0: okay. right. I gave it a a sixty point three seven, um, which which does technically close. yeah it does technically.
1: Yeah, we're only two points off.
0: Yeah, sorry, I was just trying to see if that was right, but yeah, it did. So sixty point three seven. That does technically exceed expectations but is on that the very very low end of it i mean if it was literally 37 hundredths of a point (laughs) less um you know it would have uh been at at the meet expectations um so it's very on the border which which unlike you i i'm okay with because there were a few like i I really liked some of the things it did with genre i guess that's really the main thing
1: (laughs) I did like all the tie-ins that it had to the other movies. Yeah, I think this had more than any other movie. I'm, I'm guessing it probably even has more than Avengers.
0: No, I don't think that's true. I
1: don't know. It's not I'll even see. possible.
0: The character count alone. I'll see. <laughs> but I guess it's mostly. I mean, the, I liked things within the within the genre quite a bit, and then I really liked the casting. Um, so I feel like those two things can can bump it up into that exceeds expectations category. Um, even though, like I said, it is right on the cusp of, of, of meets expectations or I mean, exceeds expectations. Um, but I'm okay with that. So I feel like that's pretty, and like you were saying, you would give it a five out of 10. I'd probably give it a, a six out of 10 if I was forced to rate it on a, a one to 10 scale without using fractions of a number. Um, <laughs> that seems about right. I'd probably give it six. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that score. That seems, that seems about right. Alright, so is there anything else you would like to add about Captain America, the last the last Avenger? That's not right. <laughs> is there anything else? The title else? of this next movie? <laughs> anyway, is there anything else you'd like to add about Captain America, the first Avenger?
1: Uh, be pure of heart, do drugs, and shoot Nazis.
0: Sounds good. My not advice. really <laughs> all right uh, so it sounds like that's going to conclude our discussion of the fifth mcu movie captain america the first avenger so on friday june 1st i'm going to be posting a non-marvel movie review and that's going to be the truman show to celebrate the 20th anniversary of that movie and it's going to be not with tristan but my sister jesse and i talk about that movie and then the next Marvel Monday movie is going to be June 4th. We're going to be concluding phase one with the Avengers. I'm very excited about that. Um, so that's it for upcoming shows. If you'd like to learn more about the grid rating system that we use, please feel free to check that out over at grittyfilms.com slash the grid. And that's grittyfilms spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y films.com. And if you're interested in learning how you can help support Gritty Films, you can check out the Patreon page over at patreon.com slash Gritty Films. And I think that is it for today. Thanks for listening. And if you're so inclined, it would be awesome if you could rate and review this uh, podcast over on iTunes um, and, and share it with all your friends. Get the word out. <laughs> that would be awesome. So that's it for now. And I'll see you next time
2: for The Truman Show.